fingers crossed we get to travel and hopefully you can come down to australia soon you know ride on the kangaroos you know all oh, that fun stuff that we do down here me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm aaron and welcome to the hip-hop hustle podcast where we explore well you guessed it hip-hop i'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Awesome. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm super excited about this one. I've got the a great, the fantastic Rana, and you've seen her as Rana Royce on Instagram. And I love her monikers as the queen of horrorcore. And I think uh, you've got a few others. The I think it's the illest Persian bitch as well. You, you go by <laughs> as well. That made me laugh. So uh, don't worry, I didn't make that one up. So she made that one up. So for anyone who, who has a go, check out our Spotify. Uh, look at me throwing plugs in already, but uh, really excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be on the show. I like your accent. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working on it just for you. I heard that, you know, the Australian accents I've been like training and this is, you know, otherwise I just sound like every other podcaster with an American accent. No, I like your Australian accent. I, I've never been to Australia, but like, I want to go, like, I like kangaroos and shit, you know? Oh yeah. We ride them around. Like, you know, that's how I get to work is I ride on my kangaroo and shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do the spiders though. I heard you guys got some like, you know, gigantic spiders. I, I will like run and scream off of like one this big. So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. The thing is, the big ones, like we got some really big ones in like northern Queensland. So I'm like in Melbourne, but like we got bird eating spiders. They're called Goliath spiders and they're like as big as your palm. So they're massive and they catch birds. Like that's how fucked it is. Like that's a no go for me. Like I'm like you, I can't handle like even normal size ones, but we also got tarantulas and just don't get me started. Yeah, no, I've like pulled over on freeways when, when this big was in my car. I had a truck, I had a truck, I was flagging down cars to help me because I did not get back in that car because there was one like super small in the car. Oh, you got and to then I had the to car. pay a truck driver $20 to spend time finding it and getting it. As if you didn't do it for free. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like nice of him, but also you should have done it for free. But I'm with you. I would have sold that car. I would have burnt that car. I would never be back in it. No, I mean, I was just on the side. Of, I mean, anything could have happened to me right there. I could have got kidnapped. I could have got hit. Like, I, I don't care. I was not going back in that car. <laughs> you know what? I think it's worth the risk. If I ever saw a big spider, it would be all... That's my biggest fear when I'm driving. Like, a big spider is just there. I don't know what I would do because, like, I get paralyzed. And for everyone who thinks that I look like a man, that's true. I look like a man, but I'm like a fancy man. So I like <laughs> luxury. And so dealing with spiders is not that. You're a fancy man. Da, da, da. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't do spiders. No. <laughs> you know, do you know the funny thing is, though, because you do horrorcore music and for someone who does horrorcore to not be into spiders, it really doesn't make much sense. 
No, it doesn't make sense at all. Like it's, I, I can walk by a scorpion. I could walk by bees. I could walk by roaches. But when it, like, there's something about spiders that just freaks me out. I don't know what it is. I think it's because they dangle. Like they can be in midair. You can walk through them. Like, I don't know what it is. Their legs, I just don't know. There's just something. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's really opposite of like what I create. Well, the, I have a <laughs> funny story about it. My video, it probably wasn't a real spider or it was like a stunt double because those things are not getting on me. <laughs> well, there was a there was a time where like I was having a shower and then a daddy long legs, like there was a spider between me and the door. And I had to call my brother to come kill it because I was like, I can't move. I'm stuck. It's trapped me. And that's just welcome to my life of like just trying to survive in Australia. See, I'm not the only one because no. I called I called the AT&T guy to come back. It was after we saw cable one time. And I was like, I know this is out of your job description, but can you please come back and get the spider? Because I can't go in the other room. It's <laughs> like, okay. So the AT&T guy, poor guy, came back just to get the spider for me. Did you give him a tip or was he just nice enough? Yeah, to no, it? no, I do. I, I take care of people. You know, I like to take care of people. They help me out. I take care of people's time. I'm not like one of those. It's like, oh, yeah, come back. Spend 30 minutes of your day coming back. Yeah, he probably had a story to tell his friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would tell everybody. I'd be like, you have no idea what I did today. <laughs> not my job. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Horrorcore because, like, Horrorcore – and, you know, it's a really sub-genre of hip-hop. Like, it's not – and I'm a fan of horrorcore because I liked it. And, you know, for people who don't know, there are heaps of artists who went into horrorcore. Like, Eminem is well-known for going into the genre. Big Pun, one of my favorites, is in there as well. But, like, for you, what drew you to it? Because it's, like, a real specific style of hip-hop. Well, the funny thing is I didn't even know what that was. I was – it was just what I was creating, but I didn't know that there was a genre called horrorcore that I fit into until somebody after I did like my first video was like, this is awkward. You're like, you're like a female, but it's horrorcore. And I was like, what is that? They were like, look it up, look up horror, look up horrorcore. That's exactly what you are. And I'm, I didn't know. But then I, I read it and I was like, oh yeah, like this is pretty much what I fall into. It's, it's very lyrical. It's sarcastic. It's real dark. It's kind of like horror themed, you know, it's just how I write. It's just how I don't, it's, it's my, it's how I write. It's like my, it's when I tap in musically, that's like what I create, you know, I don't know. Do you, have I you don't know. thought about why that is like, do you, like, it's interesting because, because I always think that like the darkest people are like the, they tend to be the opposite in real life. Like, oh, that's like an I'm, outlet. I'm a happy person. I'm, I'm, I'm goofy. I'm fucking happy. I'm a fucking ass clown. Like I, <laughs> I'm like jackass. Like I'm like, you know, I, I, I Beavis and Butthead. I grew up on them. Like I fucking like Tom Green and like, that's, I'm, that's what I am, but I don't know. I've been through some shit. Like, so I have a dark side and I guess it just comes out when I fucking write and do music, you know, it just, I have a, I have a, I don't know what, why that is. It's like this thing. I don't know can't really explain it it's it, i just i talk shit i like to rhyme and talk shit i like to create stories in my mind i don't know it's like i don't know if it's a compilation of shit i've been through and like my little dark side i tap into and it comes out i don't know i think it must be all of it a little bit of like you know what i mean like it's you know how you handle stuff like because 
as an artist, it is art. So for anyone who like bitches and moans, I'm like, this is a creative outlet. So like, don't listen to it. If you don't like it, it's like watching a horror movie. Like someone has to write that shit. Like someone has to write in a script that this person gets brutally murdered. So like, I I don't see the difference between people being okay with horror movies and people not being okay with horror core as a genre of music. Yeah. It's, it's like the horror movies of, of rap, of hip hop, you know, It, it pretty much is. I, you get real creative, like you kind of create weird. I don't know, because I feel like a lot of people do have like a little bit of a dark side, you know, but my dark side is real demented. <laughs> so You know what I reckon? I, if you don't express your dark side, you have some real dark shit. Like it's super dark. Like the people who talk about, you know, the dark feelings, they're usually like they, they got it together at some point. But like it's the people who like are squeaky clean and never say anything, those are the people I'm actually scared of. Yeah, no, you can't always tell by outward appearance or by how people, you know, project themselves in daily life. You can't really tell, like, what they do behind closed doors, what their thoughts are. You can't tell, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and it's always like, you know, the the guy who, I know, all serial killers, they're like all the, you know, everyone doesn't expect them. People in real life. Yeah, yeah. So if you feel... Yeah, whereas like for you, I don't get a serial killer vibe. So no, no, yeah. I'm. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't in scream. They didn't. They didn't act like it either, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> that would, to be honest, if you turned out to be a serial killer, it would be go down as one of my favorite interviews ever because I spoke <laughs> to a serial killer before they were revealed. So before they were revealed. Yeah, that would be cool. And then I'd be on those documentaries where they're like, you know, they interview and you're like, she seems so nice. I had no idea. <laughs> she seems so nice. I had I didn't have a clue. You know, she talked about Beavis and Butthead. Like I didn't have any idea. <laughs> that would be the best. Honestly, I only thought about myself in that scenario. I do apologize. I literally didn't think what that would mean for you, but <laughs> well, that, that there may be be more sense of horrorcore. <laughs> yeah, that would make more sense. Well, how do your parents feel about what you talk about? Because I know if my parents heard heard that coming out of my mouth publicly, they would be like, what are you doing? Like, why? I mean, I think my parents just knew from a young age that I was just a not normal child, you know? So they just, they're, they don't, they don't say anything. I mean, they just kind of know, like, I don't know, like my mom sometimes just like, we're here. Don't, don't, don't say that. Or like, don't act like that. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. You know, but I don't know. They just, they just know I've, I've, I've they knew what they got themselves into, you know, when I was like three years old, four years old, and I was an odd child. <laughs> so what, what were you like? What do you mean by odd? I don't know. I was just like wild. Like I didn't listen to them. Like I, like I just didn't listen. Like I didn't listen to my, I don't know. I just didn't listen. Like they would just tell me to go left and I would go right. I got lost in JCPenney one time. I, okay. So I wanted this little rubber duck that was attached to the bathroom key. And my mom just made me put it back, but I like, I didn't take no for an answer. And I was like, I don't know, like four, maybe five. So I took it anyways. And I went and hid under one of the display beds. And, um, I was, I don't know how long I was there for, but basically they shut the whole store down. Cops came, they were doing an abduction report. They thought I got abducted, but I was just under the bed with my duck because I was determined and that's what I wanted to do. So, I mean, I got, my mom was happy to see me, but I got my ass whooped later. And then she had me on a leash from that point on. (laughs) 
you know what that is? That's uh, that's called foreign parenting. That's like, you know, we're, we're like, no, we don't take that shit. Like you listen, because my parents are Russian. So like I've oh. got the, I've got the, you know, the Eastern European style of like discipline. Like I would never say anything bad about my parents because it's like, it's been inbred that like, I once called my dad stupid in the car and he pulled over and he was like, what did you call me? You know, he didn't want my, he was like, you can walk home. He was like, you talk <laughs> like that to your friends. I'm not your friend. So like, that's like <laughs> legit, legit. So no, nah, I understand. Cause are you first generation in terms of your, your family? Yeah. Well, my parents came here when they were teenagers. So to the state, so they actually have met here. Um, and yeah, no, I'm first, but they're from Tehran. They're both from Tehran. Yeah. Iran. It's, it is weird being first generation. And then, cause my parents also met here. So like, it's weird being first generation, but you have that, like, you know, the, the foreign kind of upbringing in a way, like you've still got those very much those rules at home. And then when you go out, it's like, it still influences everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I grew up, I grew up like in a lot of Persian culture. You no, know? it was, it was actually my first language. And then when I started going to school, um, <laughs> I was like, mom, don't talk to me like that in front of my friends. Like I got all embarrassed and stuff, you know, because she was talking to me Farsi, but I, I, until I was, I don't know, like I, what age, but I had an accent when I had, when I spoke English, when I was little, and then it kind of went away. <laughs> I think I was exactly the same. Cause I spoke Russian as a kid. Like that was. Yeah. Kaktila. How are you? Privet. Hello. It's, I understand Russian. I just can't speak it anymore. And my dad is like, you butcher it. Like your accent is so bad. And my babushka, my grandma is so upset that I don't speak Russian. She was like, Adam, you, you should learn. And I'm like, it's too late now. It's too late now. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. After like 14 or 15 people's palates and are, are formed. So to learn another language and roll your R's and this, like, I understand it really well. Like, one time people actually didn't think I was Persian and they were talking shit about me. It was like a while ago. And then I responded in Farsi and they, they, they felt embarrassed. So that is a power move. That is such a good power move. That's the best. That's actually the dream for that to yeah. happen. I mean, not talk shit about you, but like just to be there and be like, sup. <laughs> good timing of like, I, cause I know about you, but whenever I talk, I need to like drink water. Like it's the hardest thing. So like, I don't know how you guys do it on stage because you just have to perform. Like, do you take many water breaks? I mean, you drink water when you have to, because you know, when you need some, you know, but it's, it's a lot of breath control, you know, you're active and you're moving around. So you have to know, like, um, you have to know what, like disbursement of like your breaths, like, taking a deep breath, taking a quick breath, holding it in your stomach, really, you know, not doing that, but just slowly as you're talking, it's like people like talk fast that we feel like when you talk fast already, you kind of have like a certain breath control, you know, but it's, it's, it's a lot of breath control for sure. Well, how do you work on breath control? Because something that I notice is breath control. When I listen to artists, like I mentioned, big pun to me, he had incredible breath control. And the reason I notice it is because he breathes in like, like, when he raps, but like the length of a verse and the length of like the bars that he can spit is so long that I'm always like, 
I don't get how, you know, because he's not a small, he wasn't a small no, dude, no. he's a fat guy, but his breath control was amazing. So I always like, how do you work on that? You, there's different things you can do. There's di- like breathing exercises. You can like run and while you're running, wrap. If you're mm. running and you're wrapping while you're running, oh, that's a, that's an exercise right there. Cause you're like, you're, you, you have to, that exercises your, your breathing in like a crazy ass way. Like it's challenging, but it, it works. Do you often do that? Am I getting too dark on your screen or no? Can no. you still see the light? No, I can still see the light. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me like open the window more. Cause I feel like, hold on. Sorry. No, that's all right. It, like it's the, it's the challenge of like videos and like, you know, home style. This is what we're doing. We're not doing like fancy production. That may be better. See yeah. if it's it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you what know? Talking about control? Yeah. Breath control. Yeah. Breathing in, holding, not, not, not here, but through your diaphragm, taking a deep breath in slowly through your diaphragm. It's almost like your stomach expands. You feel your stomach having kind of like a gut. And then you hold that deep breath in, then you can talk. And it's like, like exercising, like to, I don't explain it to like, not let it all out once slowly coming out, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. Do you know the, I feel like you and I are both like just a stream of consciousness people. So there's like no filter. We're just jumping from subject to subject, but there's, you know, the people who play the didgeridoo, the aboriginals, in Australia, they can breathe in through their nose while breathing out through their mouth. That like cyclical breathing. Yep. That's what you're supposed to do. And that actually is good for That's like when, when you meditate, that's good to do that too. I've never been able to do that. Nose and out through your mouth. When you like breathe, when you, when you like focus on in your master, your breathing, like it helps you relax. Like it helps anxiety. Like it's actually really good for you. Do you know what I found out? Breathing through your nose is really good for you. I used to be a yeah. mouth breather because I had a deviated septum and I was just always um, breathing through my mouth. And then like my brother was telling me that like when you breathe through your nose, it relaxes you. It helps everything that you do. So you should breathe through your nose. It, that's true. And, and it filters the air more. That's what your nose hairs are for. Like it filters like dust and shit, you know? <laughs> I always thought like breathe through your mouth. It's the biggest hole. So you'll get more air in. That's my dumb brain. That's a lot of breath like, in your fucking mouth. Yeah, I was like, oh, look, I can breathe way more in. And no, I'm just a moron and don't understand science. <laughs> You're funny. What part of Australia are you from? Sydney, Melbourne? Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh. So down south. Now, honestly, it's the best. And I always say this to people. You're saying that because you're from there. That's true. I am biased, but I'll tell you what. Sydney is for tourists. Melbourne's the place to live. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. Like Sydney's got like the flash, like the cool shit. And then Melbourne's got like hidden bars and like when you know where to go, it's the best. But like these days it's a bit different with COVID, with the lockdowns and stuff like that. But I will always maintain Melbourne will be better than Sydney. Um, Sydney people will disagree for sure. But I like, I love it. I, I was not a fan of Sydney. Maybe where I went in Sydney wasn't good, but like, yeah, I love it here. What, t- what you guys are like, what, 16 hours ahead or something? Uh, yeah, it's 12 p.m. right now. So for uh, us. It's 12 p.m. Saturday? 
Yeah, Saturday. So we live in the future. Uh, okay, yeah. Y'all would say you can't go back in time. I beg to differ. All you do is have to take a plane here. You just went back in time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good. Traveling is the best because I always going to a destination is the best because I'm ahead. But then traveling back, I lose like two days and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the furthest actually I went there was Fiji. That was a long ass flight. But I know Fiji is like real close to you guys, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's close to the north. So like Australia is a big country. So you're going to get close eventually. But I don't know. For us, like traveling anywhere, especially down in Melbourne or even Sydney is like 12 hours plus. So like, I think to get to LA is like 12 hours. Um, I think that's about right from Fiji. Yep. I mean, from LA to Fiji, I think it's about 12 hours. Yeah. It was a long flight. Like that shit was long. <laughs> I actually don't mind long flights because you can just settle in. Like, I don't know. I don't mind flying. I always, But I do need an aisle seat. I cannot handle middle or like, I just need the aisle because I can stand up whenever I want to get whatever I like. That makes sense. I like the window because I just like put my head down and I'm just like, oh, I'll sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like we're, but do you think that you're going to fly soon? Like, is there, how is it, you know, at the moment in terms of US, like, are they, you well, know, people are flying now. You just have to wear a mask, obviously, but people are flying now. Um, I, I don't, where do I go? I, when I did go to the airport, maybe not long, actually not long ago, it, it was really crowded. So I don't know if it, there's just because there's less flights or what's going on, but it was real, real crowded. And you wear your mask at the airport, on the plane, like, you know, the whole, pretty much the whole time, you know, so um, I'm going to go somewhere actually soon. I, I don't know. I feel like the flights are, people are still traveling, you know? Yeah. Cause we got it here as well. It's just like internationally, like I miss international travel like i really do um but like where did you go nationally have you ever been to the states i've only been to hawaii so the states is on my so bucket list. kind of been to the states like yeah. not not 100 it's like oh yeah i forgot about hawaii that's essentially how i feel is like americans are like yeah hawaii is part of us i guess but like not really it's so far away so yeah, i've been entities it's a little island like it's not on our land you know but it's like it's u.s territory but i love hawaii hawaii is shit well it's like alaska yeah oh it was so good but like i really do want to go i want to go to miami i want to like i don't know i just want to because obviously being a hip-hop head like i want to live in a place where like hip-hop is everything and down here hip-hop is getting bigger but like growing up as a kid like hip-hop wasn't anywhere it wasn't on the radio. It wasn't what any of my friends listened to. And then I remember even being in Hawaii and in department stores, they played hip hop. And I was like, this is the best. Like, this is where I want to be. Yeah, they they it's they play it pretty much everywhere. I mean, I think it's I mean, it's the number one genre, I feel like right now. So it's yeah. pretty much everywhere, everywhere you go. I mean, every city, you know, I mean, it, it has its scene for sure. But. A lot of the big hip hop spots um the states like New York, Atlanta, Houston, um, the Bay has its own little hip hop scene. That's where I grew up. Um, I mean everywhere, LA has a hip hop scene. Yeah. I'd love to go and just like experience the different scenes. Like because they have such unique styles everywhere you go. So it would just be cool to be like, you know, I feel this style, I feel that style. And then just, you know, I'm 
American food, like in terms of, I want to try Texas barbecue so badly. Like I watch all these videos about like how they, the smokehouses and shit. And I'm just like, oh, I will get incredibly fat. I'm going to have to run every day just to maintain, you know, my, my look. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually love the food in Houston. I'm not going to lie. I don't eat meat, so I don't eat the barbecue stuff, but shit, Houston food don't, it's good. They have big, they give humongous portions. Like their chips are like in a whole pot. They, it's good. Then they, they cook with soul over there. So you definitely get good food there. And do you know what? I've never had collard greens. I've never had collard greens. They're good. Yeah. I don't eat meat. I I like eating that, you know? Or cornbread. I've never had cornbread. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, this is what I mean. Your look is like this is exactly what I'm talking about, and like because you because you call biscuits like so Scott, we call them scones, and you call them biscuits. You call them scones? Yeah. I've heard we there's scones out here though too. I feel like yeah, I've heard I've heard that before, but we yeah, also say scones. I think are like more pastries, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because we use scones with like like the English style, like the cream oh. and the jam. We don't have like the gravy and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm just keen to experience it all. It's like, let's go and eat some like amazing food. And then I've heard Miami has amazing food as well. To be honest, everywhere has amazing food. Miami has good I lived, I actually used to live in Miami. Um, they have really, really good. Yeah, they have good food. They have really good like um, uh, Cuban food and like, uh, like island food, like it's it's good. Miami does have good food. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to message you and go, hey, where am I going? You know, like give go me everywhere. Just, 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 just don't even plan where you're gonna go. Just go. <laughs> yeah, I see. I wish I was like that. I'm a planner. I'm a chronic planner because I, I like yeah, like but- order and shit like that. As you can see by my scheduling, where I'm like, I need everything in order, but you know, sometimes you just got to let it go. Sometimes you have to let it go. Are you going to edit? Because I think I can feel the sun now going down and I feel like it's dark. I don't want your quality to be like messed up. <laughs> no, nah, honestly, I can see you absolutely fine. So okay. um, I've, I've done interviews with people in cars and that's when the interview starts light and then it turns dark and then it becomes very well, difficult. I open the window and the sun like now is starting to go down a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I have a light, though, that I can turn on. Go for it. Yeah, we can try it on. Go for it. You can edit this out if you want, or you can leave it in. I don't give nah, a shit. I might leave it in. <laughs> so people know the what we go through on a Yeah, on yeah. A you know, because it's like trying to make sure the light, the you know, getting lightings and all that type of stuff. Because you know what? I feel like a lot of people think that, you know, what we do is like always meticulously planned, but it's not. That that's good. That light looks very good. <laughs> Now you get lighting. Dang, look at that. See, we go on the fly. That's what we do. Now you could see a little better, right? So like not like a little I was just seeing dark shadows in my thing, but then I'm then again I'm like small on the screen. So nah. I yeah, I think you're you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I did want to ask you about is King Crooked? Because you're, you're friends with King Crooked. King Crooked is such an amazing artist. And you guys obviously have worked together. And I watched your 
your like interview together um, because you you and him are like such an such an interesting combo in the sense of like he is so controlled in who he is in terms of his just like even speech and like just just your dynamic was so funny to me. And obviously we're talking about the track wordplay, um, but how was that of working with, you know, in my opinion, one of the greatest artists right now and, and obviously somewhat underrated as well? I mean, it, it was crazy good feeling. You know, he's, he's on a whole another level of lyricism and like technicalities. Like, I mean, it, it felt, it was, it was dope working with him and, you know, obviously I was nervous, you know, because you're st- you have to stand on a track, you know, with somebody uh, and, you know, you can only think you're so good, but then it's like, this is like uh, Mike Tyson. This is like, you know, Muhammad Ali <laughs> of, of, rap, of lyrical rap. So, you know, it, it was, it was, it was dope working with him. He's not only very talented, he's a really dope human being. He's a really, really good friend, good person. Like, He's one of the very few, you know, people left in the music industry that is like a human, like a good person. He's, you know, it's a lot of cutthroat people in this industry, you know, people that will get over on you, play you, uh, untrustworthy, not care. Like he's, he's none of that. So. Yeah. I've heard that before about him, that he is very much a, like a hip hop, like he wants to promote the genre and he's not about you know, putting himself first. He's about putting hip hop first. And that is so cool to see. Yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. Like he's a really dope human and, um, you know, really about his craft, you know, not one of those that just care about doing any scandal or anything to go viral or he's about the craft and, you know, just very true to himself and what he believes in. And it's, it's dope to see that. It's really uh, like inspirational, you know, how did you guys work together? Because, as I said, you you both bring very different energies. Like you're like up and about and you've got so much and he is just super controlled. And I was he's watching the video. Mellow. He's very mellow and yeah. chill, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, like, like wild. <laughs> uh, we worked together a long time ago. Um, I, we were both working with the same producers um, and um, he was going to be on an album that I was co-producing. We met a long time ago. And we just stayed in touch, you know, he became a really good friend. And then um, I, I never really wanted to pursue like rap or be a music artist, like professionally. I just something I kind of did, but I didn't really, you know, I, I used to think I was going to just write for people. That's all I really wanted to do. Like if I could just be in my pajamas and just like, you know, my men's boxers and just write for people, (laughs) that's what I would have done. But I don't know. I just started like I I did some demos um, and I I just was I was doing it. And then I did a song called Money Rose. And then when he heard that, he's like, I did not know you could spit like this. He's like, you got bars. And like we, we started making jokes about doing a track together. And he was just like and we just kind of it just fell into it. And we just did. And it was dope. Yeah, I agree. But why did you go into music? So like because it's a big jump, you know what I mean? Between, you know, staying behind the scenes where you do have that control, where you don't have to face, you know, the public figure and then actually making the decision to be like, okay, now I'm actually putting myself out there like that. Um, <clears throat> I, well, right. Writing was something I always did. Like 
pretty much since I knew how to pick up a pen, I was always infatuated with poetry and rhyming and like doing different things with words and words sounding the same, but meaning different things and breaking a four syllable word down into two separate words. And like, you know, being able to use them back to back. Like I was always just into that. That's like, it was just something I, I just did. And like, I, I like to do and I was like good at like, you know, but then I did a lot of behind the scenes stuff and I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like, like attention all like that. You know, I just kind of like to work and be creative and like, you know, get paid to do that and not, <laughs> and, and just kind of stay in my own little, you know, as wild and crazy as I am, I'm like, I'm, I'm a real big loner. You know, I'm just like, I like to be to myself and all that. So I, you know, I did do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I did uh, co-write for people. Like um, I wrote with the other writers for certain people. I wrote for people. Like I actually could write pop songs too, which is nothing like what I create. It, it's nothing like it. It's almost like bubblegum pop, you know, but I could write it. <laughs> so I just started writing and then I don't know, I, as I started like doing some demos and doing it and rap people are like oh damn you're a dope rapper you're technical you should take it seriously and I never really took it seriously but then when I started co-producing and producing for other people and I started jumping on stuff I people were just like you need to you're dope you're dope you know you're real creative like you should you have your own vibe and I was like all right so I just kind of started and you know it's a little outlet for me you know yeah well I mean I do agree and because the cool thing is that you weren't you didn't just decide to be a rapper or an artist straight away. Like it's not like you were out of the industry first. Like you actually started in the industry because it, it correct me if I'm wrong, but you were like an executive as well. And cause you went to college yeah. and like you, you made your way up like through the business side of it before you went into the creative side of it. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I got my, um, I have my bachelor's degree in business management and I um, worked at a record label. I was doing a radio promo. So I was pushing like artist songs and, you know, in a in the radio world, you know, payola people pay to, to, but I used to just call these radio people and like I established relationships with quite a few. They used to like me so much that they used to just play anything I would send them. Like I used to like, they used to have their prank call hours, like on the, I used to prank call. I used to fuck with them. And they used to, they used to, used to crack up. Like I used to just call and mess with them. And like, they liked me so much that they just would play anything I would send them. So I would get artists like airtime without, you know, doing the payola thing and all that. I did that. Um, and I started booking rock bands for shows in LA. So like House of Blues, Viper Room, um, Troubadour, where else? A um, couple more, a uh, couple more places a couple more but I was booking rock bands shows so and I grew up not just on hip-hop but rock too I'm I like rock well, we can hear <laughs> a bit of it in your like hip-hop beats because they're not they're not like boom bap they're not trap you do definitely have that rock kind of sound in there for sure as well yeah yeah I like I like that I love that sound so it's like part of like me I guess you could say but um yeah, I was booking bands for shows and then um, I was, and then I, I produced a lot. So I did like a lot of mixing and um, a lot of real intricate mixing. Like this needs to come up, this needs to come down. This, I don't do the stuff on the computer, but I, 
you know, neither does Quincy Jones, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I was mixing a lot. I was like, this needs to come up. This is too loud. This word is louder than this word. And it could be a situation where somebody just set back from the mic and then step back into the mic. So I would, I could hear little things like that. And the people that I was producing with were just like, your ears are fucking crazy. Like, how do you hear that? And they, they didn't hear it. And I had told them over, no, it's trust me, this is lower. And they were like, it's not, it sounds good. And I'd make them listen to it on earphones and on the computer and on a speaker and in the car. And they'd be like, I don't, and I'm, and I'm, and finally one time that like, they just zoomed on this one word and it was like half a DB less. And they were like, how the fuck did your ears hear that this one word was half a D? I was like, I, I don't know. It just sounded, it just sounded lower. Half a DB is really small. Like for, cause for anyone who doesn't know, like that's sound it, it's measured by DB, but like, you know, cause obviously I edit the podcast as well. Half a DB is such a small difference. Like it is so small. So for you to be able to pick it up also considering, you know, there is music being played that mm-hmm. you can hear the difference in that is unreal. I would have been like them. I would have been like, what do you, how? Like, what are you talking about? Well, I think it's because I have big ears. Like, I, I was born with ears the size of my head, right? Like, they used to call me Dumbo when I was in kindergarten because my ears were, like, hella big. And I kind of grew into them, but they're still, like, fairly kind of big. Like, I see people with small little cute ears. And, like, I have, like, big ears. So I think it's because I it, my ears are big and, like, there's, like, the hole is bigger. So maybe, like, the sound travels inside of it. Yeah, you start, you're starting to sound like my breathing through the mouth idea to be honest I'd, I'd be wary of heading down that path but yeah i got small ears actually yeah look at those oh, see, you have tiny little, oh, they're so cute. yeah they're so small <laughs> that's why i hide them in the headphones nah <laughs> no you have small ears i don't know if it's my it's because my ears are big and that like that has something to do with it i don't know oh actually i did watch one of your instagram stories the other day as well and i what? saw with with your ears and you were putting <sighs> Yeah, yeah, you've got a hole in your ears. And I was like, oh, I got to, that is. Oh, my God. So I had a bar piercing, right? It, this piercing here is like a normal piercing because the skin, you could pierce it. But I, because I'm just like crazy sometimes, I wanted to do like a piercing nobody had because I don't like to do shit people have. Like, I like to be kind of like original, you know what I'm saying? So I did this and she kind of let me know before she did it that, there may be risk. And I'm just like, no, I'm okay. You know, I won't sleep on it, but I'm a really bad side sleeper. And I unconsciously, like I was probably rolling into this position. So the back of my ear, I don't know if you could see it now. It's like really crusted. So it, it was like hurting really bad. And it would just, I would feel it wet. And it's just like a bunch of wet blood was coming from the back of my ear. And I'm just like, wow. oh yeah, maybe it's just irritated or something so I went back to her because I got some more little shits on this side and she looked she's like I think your bar is going through your ear and it uh, so she looked in the back it was so painful she's like I could see the bar in, through the back of your ear she's like it's a hole that's starting in the back of your ear and if you don't take it out your ear is going to pretty much be slight I was like oh fuck I was like I don't need more attention on my big ass ears so <laughs> I was like take the shit out so you have to take it out. So I have to wait for it to heal. I'm going to do some more like, you know, but I really like that little bar. It's like, I, know, love, part of I love that your concern is like, I don't want people to look at my ears as opposed to the cut in your ears. Like you're, 
you're you're like, oh, it would be so annoying if people kept looking at my ears. And I would be like, yeah, but what about the the cut in your ear? You're just like, nah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that shit was that shit was crazy, but you know, RIP to my bar, and it's still healing, but it does feel better. Actually, felt better like after 15 minutes when she took it out. It felt better. <laughs> It looked rough. It honestly looked really painful. I didn't know how bad it looked until I took that picture. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even, because you can't really see it there, you know? So it's like, it was all at the back. Like it was like a line at the back. So for anyone who's listening to this, it was like, touch the back of your ear and the part where it connects to your head. It was crusty all down the side. Yeah. I was like, damn, I should have probably listened. That, see, that's the problem. Like, I don't listen, and, like, I learned the hard way, and that was just, like, a real, live, perfect example. But are you going to bring it back? Are you going to, once it heals, are you going to do it again? No, once it heals, I'm doing a couple other ones. Doing um, this one here, the one that she suggested I do, but I'm like, I've seen people with that. I don't want to do shit people have because I like to be like, you know, like, I just like to do my own shit. So um, I'm going to do a few more, but I have to wait, like, two months, she said. I was trying to do it the same day. And she's like, you're crazy. She's like, you're, you're, you're all swollen. You're red. She's like, you cannot do it the same day. And I was like, fine, I'll just, I'll just start on my other one. I feel like she was like, you are one of the most unique clients I've got. Like you, you're, you're going through <laughs> pain. You're like, your ears about to fall off and you still want to get more. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that people are like, you're like the craziest person I know. In but a you're good harmless. Way. Yeah, in a good way. It's like you're like crazy with the shit that you want to do and like but do you know what it is? It's a good thing because the the best people are kind of crazy. Like I always think that if you're normal, you're boring. And so like that's yeah, to me it's just it makes you unique and it makes you who you are and it makes you create the shit that you create. Otherwise, it would just be the same thing that everybody else does. Yeah, if they're too normal, I just fuck with them and bring them out of their little shell. Like, what's wrong? Why you don't like? Why you so serious? (laughs) (laughs) How do introverted people manage you? Because, like, you don't seem, like, I don't think you're introverted at all. Like, you're extroverted, but you're, like, you're you're alone time. But, like, if there was an introverted person, like one of my close friends, he's introverted, I think it would be such a challenging experience because you're go, go, go. The funny thing is my best friend is introverted. All of my friends are a bunch of like introverted, sarcastic assholes. Like that's <laughs> my friends. All they do is talk shit to me. No, like I, I'm the most of my friends are introverted. It's really weird. I don't know. I, I, but I get along with everybody. Like I like, I have, I don't get along or not get along with somebody because of whether they're introverted or not. Or, you know, I have friends that like, are like buck wild like me that like, you know, are more inclined to just, you know, me to do wild shit with. And then I have my introverted friends and that's more, I don't know, that's more my everyday thing. Cause I am kind of like, you know, to myself and all that. So, but if an introverted person like meets me right off bat, like I can read, like, I don't like try to overwhelm them because sometimes those people have anxiety and like, I don't want to be the person <laughs> to shake them up. But I don't know, like, I guess it's, it's more a lot of people are introverted because they're shy or because, you know, they, they have social anxiety. So sometimes I just like talk to them and like try to get, you know, them to talk about themselves. And like, you know, I try to make them comfortable with me. And then I start acting like an ass clown and then they accept it. 
You know what I realized? Introverted people only act introverted in like social settings. But if you're close to them, they are as outgoing as anybody else. They just need to feel <laughs> comfortable because, yeah, my introverted friends, they talk so much shit. And it's like, you can do that in real life as well. Like, you don't have to just do that with me. And it would be nice to see you talk shit to others as well. They do. They do. They just, you know, it, it could be a social setting thing, you know, or like in a group of people. And I understand that sometimes in a group of people, like I'm the quietest one, believe it or not, you know, <laughs> just because I, I also people have their mood. Sometimes they're feeling, you know, a little, a little more risque. Sometimes they're feeling quieter. They don't feel like being around people and they just want to be around like an animal. Like that's my mood most of the time. <laughs> But it just depends on people's moods too, I guess, you know? Yeah, I definitely get that. I mean, everyone thinks that I'm like this all the time as well. And I'm like this a lot, but I also get to a point where I'm tired and I'm like, just leave me alone. I need to recharge. Like I need to just, because I can't be alone for too long, but I also can't be around people for a long time either. I've got like a real mixed personality in in that. And it's like, if I'm alone for like three days, I'm going crazy. Like I need to speak to people. Like I need that energy at some point. Yeah. I mean, I think people need to like recharge and reboot and can't be around people 24 seven, but then when they're alone 24 seven, they get like bored and lonely and shit. So they want to like let it out, you know? So I think a balance is always a good thing. Well, that's why I feel like marriage is hard because like living with your partner all the time, like, you know, you go to work, you you deal with people, you come home, you deal with people. And it's like, sometimes you just don't want to deal with anybody. Yeah. So you just tell me to fuck alone. Yeah. <laughs> Some people handle that a bit better than others. Some people are like, oh, what did I do? It's like, I just need oh, no, somebody tells me leave them the fuck alone. I get it because I, I feel like that a lot. So if I never take it personal, I'm like, oh, they just like want to, they just need, I don't take that shit personal. Well, do you know what I like about you? There's no beating around the bush. Like there's no, like, you know how you feel. Yeah, no, of course. Like I, I don't know. You have to, you have to, so I have to be careful because sometimes when you're too upfront or like you, some, there are people who get like their feelings hurt hella fast. So you have to like say things. It's not like what you say is how you say it, you know? So you have to say things in a certain way to where it doesn't, somebody doesn't feel like attacked or something or like somebody doesn't feel like you're picking on them or offended because yeah, like I, the people I'm around and me, it's like, we're just so direct and upfront. Like the shit we say, if we said it to somebody who maybe didn't know us well, they would maybe take that shit like real. <laughs> so you have to be careful with what you say to people. Like there's a way to say, leave me the fuck alone without saying it like that. Say, I'm up, excuse my energy today. I'm a little tired. You know, I, I didn't get much sleep. It's not you. I just, I'm not really myself today. And then they know it's not them. Yeah. But then if like somebody you're cool with, you're just like, leave me alone. Like I'm annoyed right now. And they're like, okay, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Although I, I will say, I always say to my friends, because my tone, like when I say jokes and when I make fun of people, like my tone is really deadpan. Like I've got very dry humor. So like sometimes I've got to be like, you got to understand it. Everything I say is a joke. I'm not serious. Because some people just can't tell 
that I am joking, but like 99% of what I say is just absolute bullshit. And I don't mean any of it. And I'm just doing it to test you. And I'm just doing it to annoy you a little bit, just to see how you react. Because for me (laughs) personally, the reaction is the best part. I'm like a child. Like, I want to see you react. That's what I want. I want you to be shocked. And I want you to be like, oh, you can't say that. That's exactly what feeds me. The reaction of people. No, yeah, you're, you you have like a monotone, like you're pretty monotone, but that's, that's cool because it's like, you, I don't know, you have like a good voicemail voice. Like, hello, you have reached the voicemail box. So da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is? It, it makes a lot of people feel very comfortable because like, even yes. when I'm annoyed, like my yes. tone doesn't really change, but it's because my real life job, I manage people. So like people, yeah. So I manage a team of salespeople. So, oh, wow. oh. yeah, well, I mean, I'd rather do this, but you know, we, I got to make money as well. Anyway, before we get into my personal life troubles and, you know, how to make money, uh, the, the challenge that I've had is like, because I am so like deadpan people like Aaron, you've got to be like happier. And I'm like, I'm happy. Like, this is me happy. I'll never be the happiest outwardly, but know that I'm happy. And it's just who I am. Like, I'm never going to be the most excitable and I'm never going to be like really sad. Like you won't really know where I sit because I kind of just always sit in the middle. That's, that's, you know, but that's good though, because if people wear like their emotions too much and they're angry and it's like all of a sudden they start yelling and shit, it's like, whoa, shit. Like the little stick out your ass. Not that serious. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I always warn people. I'm like, you probably won't know, but just trust me. I'm joking. I'm always joking. (laughs) But like just as a heads up, so prepare for it emotionally and mentally, because I'm always going to be talking shit. That's a good thing. That's lit. Yeah. Speaking of lit, when are you going to drop a full album? That's okay. The real there's question. Reason, there's reasons why I'm not doing it right now. I'm I'm focusing right now on a couple singles. I'm going to do um. I have a couple things I want to do before I do a full album. Um. And I'll probably explain why I waited to do a full album later. I mean, I could do one now. There's just reasons I'm not. So um, there's there's like, I don't know, because even there's like a lot of thought and planning that even goes into my singles. So when it's a body of work like that, I'm going to have a reason of why I use instruments, why I put this song after this song. Why There's like going to be a whole story behind it. Plus, I'm waiting for some other reasons to do albums. So um, an album, I don't know when I'm going to drop an album, but I'm not doing it this year, probably not next year, but I am going to be doing some singles and some other things in the meeting in between. Well, I do agree that the album construction is definitely really important. When mm-hmm. I started this podcast, it was actually an album review podcast. And it was- Oh, with, really? Yeah, we used to review hip hop albums and it was with two of my friends and it was my catchphrase album construction was my catchphrase that like I I always talked about. So I get it for sure. But I know also as a fan, I'm like, I'm keen to see what you can do because, you know, in singles, it's one style of work, but then in an album, it's like a true test of an artist to be like, can I really do a body of work that flows really well? Can I do it in a theme? Cause I feel like there's a few artists who can't do that. There's a few artists who just, bang out singles but they don't know how to put a whole project together so i think it is a true test and 
you know, from my perspective, purely as a fan, I'm like, come sooner. But also at the same time, like you want that project to be as good as, as it can be. Yeah, you want it to be fluid and like cohesive and and be able to like encompass what you want it to encompass without without it like not making sense. If that, you know what I'm saying? You want it to kind of make sense a little bit, but I have different sounds. Like, you know, like I'm like, like you know, I'm lyrical, but I'm like, I like rock and it's, it's just, it's just different things that's going to be embodied into it. Um, but yeah, there's, 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 there's more other reasons why I'm waiting for it too. I'm not like doing it right now. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I want to start working on it, but I'm like, I want to, there's like, I'm, I'll, I'll say the reason why later, but like, I'm, I am waiting like for a little while to do one. So I'm do not you have an idea just... for it. Do you have like what I you have idea for it. I actually even know what I'm going to call it. Okay. That's the first thing that comes. Yeah. I already know. I already know the name of what I'm going to call it. So we know what I'm going to call it. You know, I'm just kind of, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have the songs for it yet. Cause I, I'm, I have my next two singles mapped out, but like, I don't have the songs for this one yet. Um, but yeah, no, I just want to wait a little bit because uh, for like re- reasons of, you know, I have other things I'm doing. Plus it's like a thing I need to just put a certain amount of time out to really plan it. I want it to be, cause it'd be my debut album. So I want it to be like, you know, fucking date illest Persian bitch come with a debut. You got to come correct. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't call yourself the queen if your first album is trash. So it, it's that is just facts, but I'm sure it won't be. I'm I'm confident it won't be. So I think it's more yeah. just we're we're all keen. Do you know how long you want to make it? I think everyone these days, like the challenge right now, is figuring out how long because the I, yeah, I know the song numbers I'm gonna do. Like I have the 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 blueprint i already have it like i know i i've been knowing this for a while but then like i want to be able to to execute it and um like how i want to execute it not because people are asking me when i'm going to drop an album and i'm just rushing to put some i want it really just it's a body of work you know it's not a single so it's it's, it's a little bit of a different you're thinking in a different realm you know it's like writing a book versus writing an essay yeah. Um, you know, it's how I compare it. Well, you're more controlled than I am because I would just be going for it. Um, I, I sometimes can't sometimes have that makes a better album though. Like sometimes people that just kind of don't think too much about it, come up with the best, like sometimes people work like that good, you know, I mean, I've done it to where I've, I recorded a verse one time and then I wanted to like, see if I can top it. And I did it like eight or nine more times. And that first one was the best because you're, it was the most natural, you know? So, yeah, I think sometimes the it's weird because the pursuit of perfection almost mm-hmm. makes it not perfect. And there's there's this weird kind of balance of overthinking something where you just work on it so much that it is so different to what you really wanted because you just couldn't get out of your head. And I think that's a lot of like I've interviewed a few artists who struggle with that. And then I've seen artists who do the opposite and they release five projects in the space of a year. And I'm like, I don't understand how you even have the lyrics to be able to release that. But I think it just depends on what type of artist you are and figuring out, you know, the best working rhythm for you while also making sure that you keep the integrity of the project. And I think, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect album. I think every artist releases a project and goes, there's just things for me just personally where I'm like, 
I reckon I could have done this better. Or like you're analyzing your work. Cause I'm like that with every podcast, every podcast I listen to, I'm like, I reckon I could do better, but then no mm-hmm. one else will listen or hear the things that I want to fix. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but your ears and your eyes are trained to something also, you know, you know, kind of how you want to put your work out, you know, but being overly perfection, it, it, it's, it's, it's really good in certain areas, but it's not good in your personal life. And it's not, it's not always good when you're creating, you know, it's like it's a lot of singers, you know, they, they, some of their best stuff was their earlier stuff because now they're recording shit 400 times and it's almost too mechanical versus it being more emotional and natural and less robotic, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I always wonder what even the greats in the music industry think of their own albums. Cause I think there would be a few who are like, I know objectively it's good, but I don't like that song or I don't like that track or I don't like how I performed it, even though everybody loves it. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely people who put stuff out and like, they don't like it after, but everyone likes it. You know, I, it just, you're, you're your own worst critic. You're, you're hearing that you're listening for things that nobody else is really listening to, you know? And I think you, you don't listen as a fan. Like you, no one listens to their own work as a fan. No. You listen to your work as a critic and a creator and you're, and the, and you always want to get better as well. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as like no artist has ever, well, no great artist is like, I'm done learning or I'm done progressing. They always want to improve. So that also doesn't help because you look at your work and you're like, I just need to do better than that. Yeah, no, I agree. You're listening for like, where you took breaths and like, you know, how your words are hitting and like, you're listening for things that nobody is listening to. Most people are just listening to the story, you know, or like singing along to the melodies. Like, you know, they're not listening for those little technical things that you're, that you're stressing yourself. <laughs> but, you know, when you want to put out work and you want it to be good and you want it to be technically like, you know, good. I mean, you have to kind of like pay attention to certain things, you know, <laughs> Well, how do you manage that? How do you manage, you know, not being too much of a perfectionist versus still dropping singles, still dropping music so your fans, you know, they they keep getting fed in a way? Uh, I don't know. I'm a perfectionist. Everyone that's around me will say that and they'll probably say it's like unhealthy (laughs) because I'm a perfectionist. Everything is like needs to be, uh, I don't know, super on point. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's, you have to just, because if something isn't, isn't like to my standards of what I consider perfect, like I don't want to put it out, you know, but then if you're doing a freestyle or something, you can't be a perfectionist. You have to just be natural and, you know, not overthink stuff. But when you're get to sit with a project or single or something like there's the, if there's something that could be made better, I want it to be made better. If that means postponing, putting it up. You know, some people are just like, I need to put this out. And I'm like, no, Jay-Z said that one time. He's like, I don't care what anyone else is doing. I'm doing stuff at my own pace. And I'm, I'm, I don't, not looking at what anyone else is doing. And that's, that's real. That's like what I, that's how I think too. I'm not paying attention to speed. Like I want quality, you know? I think all the greats do that. Uh, When I look back on the history of like the best projects, they always take time between the previous project. Very rare is it that you have a, you know, platinum album followed by another platinum 
album within the space of six months or 12 months. They no. take years to make. At yeah. Least. They don't do that. You know, like a lot, they, they, a lot of them take their time. Plus there's people have like other things that they, you know, have going on in their lives, you know, like I'm focusing, I'm doing some other things right now too. So it's like, I'm, you try to balance everything. So it's like, I mean, I, I could easily go and just like drop a single every two weeks if I wanted to, but there's reasons why, like I'm, I want to, there's like a whole th thing I plan when I do it. I don't just drop single, single, single. Some people think the more singles they drop, the the, the better they'll be. Or sometimes it's good to do it for practice, you know, but people think because it's because in the day of social media, people's attention spans aren't like they're, you know, they're short. So people feel like, oh, I need to drop this every so, so. And I, I understand that. Like, I understand their mentality in that. But then sometimes when you're doing that, the quality of it is like watered down. You're just doing it to keep up with, with the pace of what everyone else is doing instead of like focusing on the quality. Well, it is interesting because obviously in podcasting, the standard rhythm of a podcast is weekly. Like you, because you can't maintain it's, it's just a, it's, it is very different in terms of just the pacing of like, if you wanted to do one podcast a month, you would struggle to retain listenership because it's not how the industry works. Whereas for music, there is so much more flexibility and, you know, undeniably an amazing album is amazing. No matter the time. I think Kendrick does that really well. He just goes at his own pace and, you know, the sport of Dre, who in my opinion goes fucking slow. He's so amazing, but he's so slow. And I'm just like, Oh, I just wish you released more, but you know, he is who he is because he doesn't listen to me and he listens to himself. Yeah. 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 And he has a, like, he has like a team telling him to, you know, and then when people <clears throat> have other things going on and they want to sit down, like if somebody has writers, I mean, they can easily just go in the studio and write what, you know, somebody else wrote and they're not, they're not directing their own videos. They're not creating like their angles or shoot. They're not creating their own stuff. It's like they have a, other people doing it for them. I mean, they're just at that point, they can just go and do, you know, somebody else thing. But when you're sitting down with and you're writing it and you want to perfect their story and you want it, you're, you're doing the rhymes and you're doing all that yourself. It, it, it's, it takes longer than somebody just, you know, feeding you uh, a rap, a verse to do, feeding you a song putting everything together like i i like to i like the artistry part i like to create everything i do so it it's it does take that's why i'm not dropping a single every two weeks or every month you know yeah well uh, does it surprise you how many people get their lyrics written for them because you know honestly because a part of hip-hop is obviously writing your own shit but yeah these days that is not the the thing that happens because when you become a huge artist you almost don't have time to sit down and write. You don't have, yeah, no, you don't have the time, you know, like that's crazy. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a true artist will always write their own stuff though. Like they, they will, they will consider it unacceptable to write something somebody else gave you. Like if somebody gave me something and was like, Oh, like do this. I, I wouldn't do it. Cause I didn't write it. Like I would feel at that point, I feel like you're doing like a TV show or a movie where it's like acting, you know, but I understand the market though, because there's some people that just love to write that don't want to perform. And then there's some people who are great performers and they don't know how to write. So there goes a market for you, a buyer seller's market, you know? 
So I understand the market for it. Like I, shit, I don't mind writing for people. I'm not going to knock it because shit, if anyone needs a writer, you can all learn me. <laughs> I won't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but you know, shit, I understand the market, but like me as a artist and as somebody who likes to, to, to write all my own stuff, I, I won't accept anything that anyone would ever try to write for me. Plus, it's like, I, I feel like they wouldn't be able to talk what the fuck I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. It, it. it all makes sense. Like when people tell me that they have people writing for them, it makes sense. When people want to write all their stuff, it makes sense. It depends on what you want to be known for as an artist. It depends what your goals are as an artist. And I think that's what people miss is like, as a fan, I think everybody wishes that every artist wrote their own music, but you know, it's not every artist's priorities. As you said, some people can't write like Dr. Dre has never written his stuff. Yeah. Well, he makes his beats though. So he has his own yeah. level. Of- Correct. Those, those beats are genius. They have like a formula of their own, you know, but that's but what I mean. That, people- that yeah. like he's he, what he brings to the table is a different skill set. And he makes his own beats. He's got an amazing voice as well. I've always loved his voice yeah. on a on a track. But like yeah. some people just don't have that ability. You know, you know, Kanye has writers working for him, but he also produces. So it just depends on what your identity is and as an artist and what you're okay with doing. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, some people can write crazy hooks, don't know how to write a verse. You know, some people are mean with their verses and and can't write a hook like there's just everyone has their own like things that they're good at and their their strengths and their weaknesses like that's normal for people you know so i don't like to be like oh you know they have right i mean like the hip-hop in me like if now if i go and battle somebody and i know they have a writer oh that's the first thing i'm gonna say because that's like you know that's the that's the mc that's the that's the lyricist in me you know that's like but i understand on a bigger industry perspective like i don't knock it or judge it like i understand that you know like people not everyone knows how to write you know but then i I also understand how people who are writing their own shit and are good are like why are these rappers on mainstream and on top and they don't even write and i'm sitting here true to my craft writing doing all my own stuff and i'm struggling so it creates that too yeah but they it's 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 an industry they just sell it well they have a good machine, you know, they, they, or they hit the right tone. You know, sometimes it's timing and it's luck. I think a lot of people discount luck. Like it sucks to say that being lucky is good, but it really helps being like right place, right time. And then from there you can build off that. There are a lot of people who are lucky and then they don't do anything with it, but you know, a little bit of luck goes a long way. If you're, if you've got the right machine, if you've got the right strategy, everything has to be in play. Yeah, it has to, all the stars have to be aligned, you know, for there to be a perfect storm. Oh, bar. <laughs> <laughs> we can write that down and just like, yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep that one. <laughs> and then you're going to cite it back to your podcast. You're like, hey, that's where she came up with that shit. Yeah, the exclusives. This is where we get the exclusives on this, the, the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. But I've only got one more question for you. And it's the only question that I plan on the show because it's the best. Yeah. Well, so if you had to recommend one album, because we've been talking about albums, one album that everyone should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, 
any genre obviously can't be your own work. Not that you've dropped an album yet, but what would it be? Oh, because I listen to different things. That's a hard one. That's a hard. Let me think. Let me think. This. That's why I like this question because it's taught me that artists that I love and rappers that I like, they listen to more varieties of music than even I listen to. Like I only listen to hip hop. I don't, and I don't have an answer for this question, but I love the answers that come out. Some days I feel like listening to corn. Some days I feel like listening to, you know, to big L. Some days I feel like listening to it's, it's hard because I have different albums I like to listen to. But you know what album I really love from start to finish that's like heartfelt and lyrically good? It's a Beanie Siegel, The Becoming. That, that's one of my favorite albums. I think people people should listen to that. He has a lot of like real dope things he's saying in there. I think he was in prison when he wrote that. It was like you can tell that he put some real thought into the album. I think you're the first one to mention Beanie Siegel on the show. So. Some man, Philly, Philly, Philly rappers and lyricists are—they need to get more. They need to get more coverage. See, Philly, Philly is underrated. They got some really dope MCs out of Philly. Well, BDC becoming—I like from start every single song. You know, how sometimes you want to skip over a song. I don't want to skip over any song on the album. It's all dope. Like the hooks are good. It's, it's very—you could feel it. Like you feel his pain. You feel what he's talking about. It's really good. Well, there you go. Make sure you check it out. Rana approved. Obviously, you know, I appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you coming on the show. We've talked about everything under the sun, literally from spiders to albums to writing, whatever <laughs> it is. We had something for everyone. Uh, if you if you want to see pictures of her ear, yeah, we, we talked about that as well. Make sure you check out her Instagram, Rana right. Royce. <laughs> yeah, there it is right there. <laughs> It'll be on my YouTube, so you can check it out as well. Obviously, I'll I'll do some promos, but obviously, I appreciate you coming through. Is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out before we finish up? Shouts to you and your podcast. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Honestly, I would be nowhere without people like you. Otherwise, it would just be a guy speaking into a mic about who knows what. I'd figure out what to say, but it would be less cool as it is right now. And to be honest, I would get tired of my own voice. It doesn't happen often, but I would. I have a nice voice. You can get tired of that accent or that voice. So. <laughs> I need you as my hype man, to be honest, my hype person all the time. Hey. I'm only a phone call away. That's the good thing with the technology. That's you true. That's talk, true. Talking in Australia, right now. So you just you need <laughs> hype to me. No. <laughs> Fingers crossed we get to travel and hopefully you can come down to Australia soon. You know, ride on the kangaroos, you know, all that fun oh, stuff that we do down here. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now